I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All. Now, this platform is just so powerful. This week, we have Scott Bean. He comes to us from Greensboro, North Carolina, and just a phenomenal human. I really like Scott because our youngest son is also in the construction industry. And so Scott shares in this episode his experience of working as an independent business owner and entrepreneur in construction. And he talks about the biggest problems that we have. And it's an interesting conversation because a lot of it comes back to being an entrepreneur, being in the construction industry. It's like around the budgeting, the expenses, and just some of the basic fundamentals in that space. And so he talks about running a boutique style construction firm. And now he's even got three daughters. He's got the middle one who's very interested in the industry. And so getting girls into the construction space as well. I mean, come on, you can't have a richer conversation about having it all when it involves the family. It involves so much more. And Scott Bean is just a phenomenal human. Just in this last year has flipped 168 houses. I mean, think about that. You hear about flips and his crew and what they're doing. And it's just really, really awesome. So we talk about family time, boundaries, sacrifice, all of the things and challenges that go into doing what we do every day, how to achieve it, how to sustain it. It's, again, very rich conversation. So enjoy this episode with Scott Bean, who is the owner and the founder of Bean Construction. And we'll catch you again next week on 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right. See you then. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm good. So did you have to come off a job site and get in the office so you could host this call with me? No, it's been raining here. So it's uh, fortunately, it's been kind of hit and miss on the work this week. Excellent. Well, that's okay, though. Sometimes those are nice breaks, aren't they? Yes, ma'am. A little bit of office time versus out in the mud. Yeah. No, this is good. What's one of your favorite projects to do? Golly, I don't know. Probably messing around on the equipment. (laughs) Grading and clearing lots, I'd say, would probably be what I enjoy to do more than anything else. The big kid toys. Guys just never grow up as long as you can play. Yeah. (laughs) The big sandbox. Oh my gosh. Well, this is going to be a great conversation, Scott, again, just getting to know you and what you've been able to do, you as an entrepreneur, how you're balancing that. And you've stated your daughter is part of this business with you. And so let's take that conversation for our, our audience listeners. I mean, for you to start a business, did you have the thought that you would bring family up in the business? Kind of help us understand. Sure. My my uncle was always a self-employed entrepreneur. He's in the tra- trailer business. I always wanted to be self-employed. My grandfather ran a side business while he worked at Burlington Industries as well. So my father retired in the early 2000s. He and I started the construction company, but he decided he'd rather be more of, of an employee type situation. 
than I own it from the risk and liability and all that. So he, he's worked for me ever since he retired. So my father and I have been very much involved. If you want to come into the business, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not going to push you to make that decision one way or the other. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Okay, so being a business owner, and we talked about the having it all focus. It's like being satisfied, fulfilled, having success, reaching those different catalyst moments. How do you relate most to that concept or idea or align to satisfaction, fulfillment, having it all? Well, started the business in 2000, so things were pretty good. We did nothing but pet houses and stuff up through probably 06 or so, and then 07. Things were booming, so we actually were in a situation partnering with a realtor to the point we did nothing but custom houses, 07, 08, and 09. So we really were in really great shape from that standpoint. And then after, I guess, 09, things got really kind of caught up, and we fell off from doing 15, 20 houses a year to doing three or four a year. And as far as having it all, we pretty much were doing the grading as far as clearing the land. We were framing it, roofing it, siding it. We did everything but paint, sheetrock, and masonry pretty much in-house with our own employees. Everything else we did in-house. Well, we sell plumbing, heating, and electrical, so those are licensed trades. But so we were able to keep everybody busy and turn houses pretty quick. And it, I mean, it's pretty much seven days a week, 363 days a year, I guess, <laughs> right. so to speak. So Based on weather, a of, right. A lot of families suffer. My wife will be the first one to tell you, you know, there was a lot of times that like I said, I mean, the phone, every family vacation was just always in the summer. The phone went to the beach in a, in a bag. So it just, the way we lived, probably the first 17 years of the business. And then, I don't know, an epiphany or whatever, you finally come to a point where it's like, you know what? If you can't get it done in five days, it'll be your Monday when you come back. Oh, I love that attitude. Okay, but what's the challenge of balance for you as a business owner and entrepreneur? You mentioned your wife and your daughters are in the family. You've been in a family yeah. business. What's the challenge of balance? Knowing when to turn it off. Just yeah. just really saying, you know what? It's enough for today. I'll give them my part. And the customer is going to have to realize. I actually typed up the thing with my customers. that said, you know, look, I work Monday through Friday. I'm on call on the weekends. But I understand I'm building your house and I'm doing your project. But I have working hours the same as you have working hours. And if we're going to meet, let's do it between. I set my meeting hours between 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. You know, to try and be done by five and, and be home. I mean, this if you've got two or three houses going or two or three projects going, whatever. And, you know, everybody wants to meet at 5.30, 6, 6.30 or Saturday at noon or you know, Sunday at two in the afternoon. It's kind of like, I mean, I got a family like you do, you know. And I mean, I know it's your right. project and it's important, but we all should have working hours, you know what yeah. I mean, and decide what those are. Well, the boundaries, I think, is pretty much what you described there is like just really understanding that those boundaries have to exist for you to thrive. And over time, has anything ever gotten in the way with your career being a business owner that has challenged your success or your fulfillment, would you say, Scott? I think the biggest thing that as a business owner, any business owner fights is just cash flow, collections, how much do you advertise, what is your return on investment on the advertising? And now that social media is what it is and Google reviews and all that, I mean, you might have 10 good reviews and you've got one Google review that somebody goes on there and just burns you down. And it's kind of like, you sound like a third grade little kid going, that's not my fault. I didn't do that. You know what I mean? And I've got to where now I just grin and bear it. Well, if you leave a review, great. If you don't, it is what it is. Yeah. That's all you can do. What's harder, building the business or sustaining the business in your vantage point? 
I guess both, really. It seems like if you look back at history, it seems like, you know, every two, three, four, five years, I mean, we change administrations, we change physical policy, the banks change their attitudes. I mean, for a lot of years, it had been for my father. I mean, my father acted as my bank because banks would not loan money on custom houses. They would loan money to buy the house when you're done, but they wouldn't loan money to build the house. So they would do 95% financing, which pretty much anybody could get in a house at that point. But, you know, to build a custom house, they want 20 or 30% town. Very rarely in the market I build in, which is generally 350 and below, people don't have 20 or 30% put down. So my father acted as the bank and kind of funded those houses, and that's how we got through it. But I'd say that the banking for me has been the hardest thing to figure out and overcome and how to kind of gyrate with the banks. Well, I think you've said it. I mean, I think there's just so much change in that space. And let's face it, you're not the banker. You're in construction, you're a business owner. And so it's like, just that's just one more catalyst in your business success that you have no control over. And then just the unknowns. I mean, with the things changing, with the cycles of financial structures, the way they are, it's just, it's not a consistent guarantee to bank on for sure. Okay, when do you enlist support? in your business? Like when is it where you reach out and you get coaching or like enlist helpers or support to help guide some of these decisions? Probably, honestly, for me, the thing that I've probably the best advice I've received from anybody on my coaching or anything else was if there's stuff you absolutely despise to do, just hire somebody to do that. There's people that enjoy doing the things you don't like doing. So just hire somebody. I do all my daily bookkeeping, but I've got a bookkeeper that comes in once a month and audits me and making make sure everything's done. And then at the end of the year, we just send your quick reports to the CPA and it's all done. So the accounting, but the accounting also forces me to do the budgeting. If you don't run a budget for your company, you really don't know where you're spending your money. You know what I'm saying? So I enlist the support probably on the financial side as much as anything. I mean, I can go out there and build a house with my eyes closed or a commercial building or whatever, you know, or right. run a piece of equipment. That's That's the stuff. If I could do anything, I could. I would hand my phone to somebody and say, you know what, handle it and let me go do what I love to do, which is be in the dirt and getting dirty and playing with the guys. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So what's your definition? Like if you were to have it all, if you were to have the fulfillment, the success, your legacy piece, what does that mean for you specifically, Scott? In this industry, being able to call up any subcontractor, have them answer the phone and know that, hey, I've done business with Scott for 20 years. I'm going to get paid. I'm going to give him a fair price. He's got a customer that needs X, Y, Z. They go out and take care of it and sort of let that be a seamless thing that the customer never sees. But I think a lot of the reason customers hire people in construction simply because they, especially now, the last two years, you can't get anybody to answer the phone. You can't get anybody to show up. And if you get both of those things, you can't get a written estimate out of them. I mean, it's astounding the work I get just by, Showing up, giving a written estimate, providing proof of insurance and, and all that stuff. And they're like, well, okay, you're, I guess you're my guy because that's all I've got. Kind of thing. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but it, that's sort of the way it's ended up, especially the last two years. Great principles. I mean, I think that you run a very morally sound business. You've got integrity and you're going to do what you said you do. And that's the sustainability of it where people can count on you. And I think those partnerships are powerful. What is it like when you look at expanding the business? What decisions, Scott, have you had to make 
when you think of taking your business to the next level or maybe shifting and doing something else in your area of work? All goes back to the finances in the bank. And I mean, being self-employed, you can get equipment financing if, you, if that's what you decide to do. Buying a vehicle, skid steer, excavator, any of that type of stuff, you can generally get financing for that. But as far as just raw working capital to go out and, hey, I want to go build a spec house. Can I get a couple hundred thousand dollars? People look at you like, what's your collateral? It's the house. I mean, and the profit from building the house. Well, no, nah, we're, we're going to need you to put some skin in the game. That's, kind of, that's what hard work and sweat equity and all that stuff is for. You know, if I put 30% down on one spec house, you pretty much tied up my working capital for going and doing Mr. and Mrs. Smith's bathroom remodel. Well, otherwise, you're, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, you know, otherwise you're asking asking them for a check every Friday, you know what I mean? Right. Like, hey, look, this right. is invoices for the week, and it's, I don't want to be that guy, and I'm, I haven't had to be that guy in a while now just because I'm not taking on any big projects. We haven't done any big projects where I had to have financing in several years, so right. I've got enough money to kind of make all that work. Now, if I understand right, you went into like working with a national company. Is that correct, Scott? Where correct, you go yes. in and do the flipping of the houses. How correct. did you come to that conclusion? And have you enjoyed that decision of like being that sole proprietor? I mean, you still are independent, right. but choosing that avenue, what went into it, making that decision for you? Pure frustration of dealing with homeowners or customers. You know, you quote a job, you get done with the job, you give them an invoice. And it's like, wow, I didn't know it was going to cost that much. Well, the invoice matches the estimate. How do you not know that it's going to be that much, whatever that much is? If the estimate and the invoice match, I don't see where the surprise is. If you've got a 30 or 40% change order, I understand, oh, wow, that's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I get that. And I just started looking and searching and dumb luck, run up on it and, you know, put my paperwork in. And yeah, we started in June of 21. So it's been great. Yeah, good decision. Okay, so this is where we're going to close out the episode. You had mentioned that that one of your daughters is kind of taking the lead, loves to help you with the design components. Give us like how that is as a father bringing in your daughter. Like, what's the asset to that? Yeah, I think everybody, their, their kids are their babies. I don't care how old they are. You know what I mean? For her, it's really great for me to see the unjaded enthusiasm of she has no financial commitment. It's, it's strictly a job. And I'm seeing her, I'm seeing her with a checkbook, credit card, any vehicle. She can go pick up anything, buy anything. I don't have to worry about, I mean, oh, she's spending too much or did she lose the credit card or you know, whatever, you know? Right. What I mean? And I think the guys enjoy having a female on the job. Maybe it's a little softer approach to things. And I mean, they know that, that she's my daughter. And I think that they respect the fact that they want to help her succeed. I mean, there are no females in the business, generally speaking. And I mean, in, in my area here in the triad, I only know four contractors younger than me. I'm 48 years old. I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, to think there's only four guys and three of those four guys are generational contractors. They're second and third generation family business guys. Wow. So for me, it's just really seeing her looking at it through her eyes. And, yeah. and seeing the unjaded part of she hasn't had to deal with the customer that didn't pay. She hasn't had to deal with the irate homeowner or landowner next to where we're clearing, thinking we're clearing their land or whatever it is. You know, she hasn't really had to deal with that 
problem, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's still the innocence of the business, which I go. mean, for you, I'm sure that probably kind of keeps you satisfied because knowing that that's the case, that's very powerful. Well, Scott, this was an absolute delight. Thank you for sharing with our audience and our listeners. And I know that they're going to take a lot from this conversation and helping us better understand the shoes that you've walked in. And these stories are very sure. powerful. Do you have any last notes? I don't know, tips or pointers that you want to share with our audience as we segue out today? Yeah, I guess the one thing I would say is um, find a group in your local area that you can network with and other business owners in my experience, we all experience the same thing. I don't care what industry, I don't care where you are in the country or maybe where you are in the world even. I think we all experience the exact same thing. You know, we're all dealing with bankers, we're all dealing with customers, and we're all dealing with retail materials and the logistics of all that. So I think everybody's in the same boat from what I can tell in my networking groups. It's labor, it's finances, cash flow, it's the same thing. So how much of your business's relationships would you say? All of it. Right? It's all it, it's all relationship. Relationship with the customer, relationship with the lumber supplier, relationship with your labor. I mean, I'll be honest, without good labor in those relationships, how in the world do you get anybody to show up for? That's true. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good way to segue. Scott, thank you so much for your <laughs> yes, time ma'am. today. This was an absolute delight. Thanks again for being our guest. Thanks for listening. Now, if this conversation sparked something for you, can you do me a favor? Go to Apple Podcasts and follow the show and leave a review. Your feedback tells other business leaders like you how it's possible for them to have it all too. Next, if you're a leader with a lot on your plate, I created something just for you. It's called the Daily Something. It's a mobile coaching tool designed to help you create the habit of having it all in your business and your life. So you can learn more about it by going to marlohiggins.com clicking on the daily something in the navigation bar.